Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. This week, Luke and Tex respond to your inquiries with another crew-inspired installment. For the next hour, the guys explain how to overcome asymmetries, how to pick the best program for your goals, and discuss the madness behind the new Johnny Wad. Of course, no episode is complete without using the art of cinema to explain the complexities of sports science. As sophisticated as the premier podcast in strength and conditioning has become, it's definitely not above demanding that you punch yourself in the face if you haven't seen T2. And the answer to the age-old question, is it true if you don't use it, you lose it, is finally revealed. Surprisingly, Luke and Tex give this comical query some weight and discuss it in terms of training adaptation. Bet you didn't see that one coming. If there's one valid takeaway from this episode, it's that if you find yourself lining up against an older lady at a tough mutter, according to Luke, you should spit in her face and say, you're in my world now, Grandma, right before you, quote, run all over her ass. If that doesn't empower your performance, nothing will. This is episode 181. Power Athlete Nation, what is up? You have Luke, a.k.a. Schwarzenegger, and DeVito, <laughs> a.k.a. Tex, here at Power Athlete HQ on a Hallow's Eve. What is it called? Halloween. Halloween, but isn't it like, like an old English El Hallow's Weave or something? Uh, dude, I don't know. As soon, as, as soon as Ash put that Halloween music on, I bolted. Yeah. So I like Halloween. We just bailed. We're not fucking giving candy to trick-or-treaters. I'm not contributing to type 2 diabetes. We put a bunch of beef jerky out there. You know, might be expired. We said take one or you're dead. And, and uh, Tex and I <laughs> yeah, beef jerky and creatine. serving creatines. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we pop back in the office. Uh, busy week this week, busy week last week, but we're going to get a, a little crew podcast going here. And uh, we dropped a little post on Instagram here, people, to get your questions. But first, public service announcements. Keep your eyes peeled on powerathletehq.com slash events as we start to roll out the 2017 schedule, which includes the CrossFit specialty course, sports-specific application, and we have a goal to get some power athlete clinics going. So you might see those popping up. Keep your eyes peeled on events and uh, on, on, obviously, Instagram. We'll make those announcements. And number two, powerathletehq.com slash symposium. The 2016 symposium is going to kick off here uh, at the first week of December, and it's going to be fucking killer. Probably like one month. Until yeah, it's one out. month, right? Uh, so get there, powerathlethq.com symposium. Check it out. It is a three-day speaker event. We got some sick hotel deals giving you preferred rates right in the heart of Newport Beach at this bitching civic center for uh, for City Hall. It's it's a killer room. We got Aaron Osmus. We got Rob Wolf. We got Dr. Tom Inkladon, the, the man, the myth, the legend. Tex is going to be there. Andy. Andy, Andy Stump. Stump. Brad Schneider. All these people have been it's, on the podcast. It's John, fucking epic. John Wilburn may be there. Yeah, John, Josh, Josh Wilburn. <laughs> And uh, rumor has it. And we're still working on getting some other people out there to share their expertise. It's all about strength, conditioning, lifestyle, wellness, nutrition. Your your mind will literally be blown. So check it out. Uh, Yes, this year we are going to charge a low registration fee, but here's the good news. All proceeds, all proceeds are going to Wade's Army. Want to talk about that? Yeah. If you got your uniform, Nerds of Steel, we want to see it. So it's as easy as just taking a picture, post it on Instagram, drop in your raising awareness for neuroblastoma, and then tag at Wade's Army. And every every photo we get from you, we're reposting. Again, 
just to kind of raise awareness because Wade's Day is November 12th, fast approaching Saturday. You don't have to do the workout, right? Just the goal, objective of this whole thing is awareness for pediatric cancer. Just raise that social media tide, make it a high tide, lots of Wade's Army and everybody's feed, and we want to start building. I mean, we're, we're pretty close to the goal for this year, right, Tex? Yeah, just about six grand left. So that's right. We hit the mark. We fund a phase one clinical trial. And again, that's an opportunity for 100 kids uh, to get get treatment that wouldn't have it otherwise. That's right. So um, what else? Is there anything else you want to talk about? I just got some fan questions to answer. Fan? Are you sure they're fans or are they just the way they're, they're curious about observers? Us, the way that they're <laughs> asking some personal level questions here for you and I. All right. Let's, let's get into it. <clears throat> We're just going to roll from top to bottom here and kind of keep updating because they keep coming in. So, a uh, very simple question, not the first time we've answered this, but this comes from emails 250. He is a law enforcement officer with three days on, three day off schedule. Thankfully, minimal overnight shifts for, but however, his shifts are 13 hours. He asks, I can get approximately one hour work out some days before work and if I go to bed at a decent time would you recommend grindstone or field strong his goals are strength speed and power he needs to be able to sprint in case a foot race foot pursuit breaks out and he needs to control during a possible struggle and he also adds thanks for everything who me you yeah no, okay thinking me but you gotta answer the question okay. <laughs> all right so here would be my thing on this um the, the absolute full service program is going to be field strong, but to follow it in its entirety during that or, or for, with that shift work is going to be an absolute struggle. Sessions, I mean, if you want to knock them out of the park, you're going to take 90 minutes, right? So I think a pretty good option here, well, one, you could do field strong if you're not going to trip out on the fact that you don't get to complete everything because that's, that, you know, we'll come in when we were following field strong and if it was a busy day, we only had 60 minutes, we would get as far as we could in 60 minutes, hit the buzzer, go home, shower and get to work. So that, that is an option. Okay. Um, but if you have and need a flexible schedule, then utilize grindstone. I mean, grindstone is a program uh, that, that has two mandatory days. Two, two recommended days, an optional day. Now, here's how I would shake this out. If, if speed and power is truly uh, something that you're concerned about, which I think rightfully so you are, get on Grindstone, leverage the flex days. On your off days, smash, smash the mandatory workouts. I mean, go and crush them. And then pair that bad boy up with the speed program, right? And then keep your eyes peeled as well for change of direction is going to drop here uh, before December. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And you throw those suckers in, you, we're going to tell you exactly how to stack it up. And that's a pretty good combo because grindstone's no joke. I mean, it's all about how you, how you attack those rec or mandatory days. And there's guys on there on the feed that are talking about their PRs, not that PRs are everything, but they're certainly indicative of progress of strength and power. Right. But what the fuck is a PR? Yeah. You have to perform in your job mm -hmm. and lives are on the line. I mean, that's almost more important. Absolutely. So, but that's still upping the performance trait and then coordinating that with the speed program or the change of direction program is going to be the way to go. Uh, in my opinion, I would recommend that. Um, or, I mean, I'm telling you, feel strong, full service, warm ups, um, multi year strength templates, plyo conditioning, uh, well thought out macro cycles, micro cycles. So, uh, you can't go wrong. 
Uh, just depends on the type of person you are. Yeah. 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 That covers it. <clears throat> Next up, uh, Wade B. Corbett. Bet Corbett missed it. I have somehow developed a much larger right lat versus left. I focus in all my pulling on my left mat lat more than my right in an attempt to bring it up to speed. In pull-ups, I can feel my right side pulling more than the left, but find it hard to isolate and engage the left versus the right. Even just sitting here, I can engage the right much better. Any tips on how I may learn to engage the left side better, or should I do left-sided only isolation accessory work to try to develop its size and strength alone? Uh, so, interestingly enough, we were just kind of talking about this. I think we were talking. Maybe it's just us girls talking about it amongst me, you, and John. But one way we saw this problem um, fixed, solved, or saw people anecdotally feeling that they were balancing out because there could certainly be an imbalance because of a unconscious ability to, fu to recruit that fucking lat. Like, you just don't know. This comes from exactly. So Tex is over here kind of pantomiming. Like oh, I was mimicking Luke. Whatever. Pantomime, mimic. Explain the difference for me. No, go ahead. Continue answering the question. <laughs> but if you're right-handed and uh, let's say you are you are a fucking desk warrior and you're always mousing with that right hand or let's say you're, you're drawing or constantly writing with that right hand or brushing your teeth or I don't know, maybe you're a lonely guy. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, you might just be overusing that, right? But let's say you strap some EMS on there, you know, grab yourself a power dot, strap that bad boy on, and then we start to um, utilize that technology to unconsciously, like you don't have the control, if you don't have the neurological control, you can utilize a unit like that to start to balance things out. Right, so John wrote about that in his EMS article on I think either Power Athlete or Talk to Me, Johnny. I can't remember which one it was, oh. but it, it if if you strap that bad boy on and you're working right and left, and you notice that as you're working up the intensity on your power dot, then uh, what you're going to notice is holy shit, the the right one's firing a lot sooner than the left, okay, and a lot more um, aggressive. But you just got to battle through, battle through, battle through, and you hammer that left side, and then eventually it's going to even out. And then over time through training, you know, some unilateral pulling, horizontal pulling, vertical pulling unilaterally uh, can can even that out aesthetically. But at the end of the day, I mean, the, the size deficiency is showing that there is certainly an imbalance, and that could be a an issue long term, but aesthetically, man, I think it starts with just trying to build some uh, some neurological awareness. Another way you could do that is through manual resistance as well. Um, I, I mean, that's kind of a slippery slope. Well, we have a manual resistance question later. Okay, so let's save that. So we'll bounce back to that, uh, Wade. So, but in the meantime, I think what you could try and do is snag an EMS unit. You should. I mean, dude. The power dot's super, super affordable. I mean, Christmas is right around the corner. Grab one of those and see if you don't get a duo and see if you don't feel an imbalance between right and left lat as you strap that sucker on there, you know? Anything else on that? And, oh, and the idea is so as you do that uh, to prepare for training or for cooling down, you're, you're providing neuromuscular potential to train at a higher capacity on a potentially deficient side that you just aren't coordinated to use or wired. How about wired to use? Wired. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> All right. Ready? I'm ready. This is from Fat Bastard. My man. One, two, three. 
been doing Power Athlete programming for almost a year. Those lunge and step up videos made me realize I've been doing it all wrong this whole time. Are there plans to do in-depth videos on other movements? If so, which and when? Also, uh, we'll, let's just answer this first one. Okay, first. and we'll get to his next one. I, here's the thing. Like whenever we reach someone either at a seminar or when we're coaching them, they're like, holy shit, I've been doing it wrong. I think the most – so there's shades of gray here, right? Right and wrong, black and white, yeah, maybe, but I'm going to say there's shades of gray because the absolute way to definitely do it wrong is to not do it. You know what I mean? So the fact that you're stepping and lunging, I'll give you a ribbon for that. What? Text. Wrong. That's my tone, Donald Trump. Um, so <laughs> understand what we're trying to accomplish. Yes, right. but now under the Power Athlete banner, right, coming under the Power Athlete banner and understanding that there is a larger goal here than just tallying reps, right? Yes, you've been enlightened, and I'm glad that you have been, and you will be a better person for that. And are there more – is there more information coming? No, this is the last podcast, and we're shutting the site down tomorrow. Oh <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Of course there is. Text, go. You said it was such conviction, I believe. Um, so, again, it comes down to skill transfer – and we not only want it to carry over the field, if you're just a, a kind of a guy training in your garage, we want all movements to be connected and carry back and forth to one another. So it, our objective is posterior chain dominance with all of our lower body primal movements and really putting your back in those go muscles, which then carries over to sprints, which mm -hmm. then carries over to the squats and the deadlifts. Now, so uh, those of you who've been following Bedrock, we now are putting in more step-ups and lunges into that that follow our dynamic and absolute poles. So that way we can strengthen uh, that, that posterior chain uh, just set up. So an absolute strength and only provide you the opportunity to then coordinate that with your other primal movements. So we just want you to really kind of uh, take a, a, a step back and look for those connections. Why are the warm-ups programmed before the strength? So why are the deadlifts before the squat? Why are my arm swings before the sprints? That should be a layup and almost the, the key to realize that all of this shit is connected and we're just taking pieces from it, getting you to kind of dial it in and bring awareness to it. That's really the goal and objective of those videos is kind of make you more aware of how you're moving and get a, a conscious effort in there so that way when you step in, play, pick up basketball, when you go play flag football, whatever it is, you don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And your hamstring, your glutes, uh, they're protected, they're locked and loaded, and you're able to just dynamically display your athleticism without thinking about your execution. For any of you, text you misspoke just as a heads up. Text said deadlift before squat, but he meant dead bug. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. so just a, a quick correction before anybody fucking blows a gasket. And here's the thing. The, the, again, tallying the reps and getting there, listen, is old school thinking. Because we've oftentimes coined, uh, or I guess referred to movement as a, or athleticism as fluency of movement, as if movement were a language. And the particular ways we're asking you to execute these things, the specific setup and execution, rate of force development, what text would coin, what were we talking about today on the academy stuff? Kinetic creativity? No, no, uh, the principle. Which principle? Uh, the one that has skill transfer. Oh, specificity. Spe <laughs> Come on, dog. I don't remember things, you remember things. Anyways, so uh, 
the, the principle, power ethic principle specificity that we subscribe to, the reason we have these specific movement standards or execution guidelines is to promote fluency between space because this is setting you up for multiplane movement, squat, step, lunge, and just like Tech said, if you're executing it this way, you're ultimately programming yourself to be more successful in whatever creative, kinetic creative environment you put yourself into, pick up basketball or fucking, I don't know, going back to our, our guy who's our, our LEO, fucking hot pursuit, you Burps. know, yeah, taking people down. So yeah, more's coming. And I'm glad that you have seen the light. Yeah, Fat we are starting with the, the primal movements and making sure all of our followers are executing those properly, getting the most out of the training. And then we have an infinite amount of movements that we can take down and tackle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I think what becomes even more valuable, and I'm not sure where or how we're going to put this out there, is, okay, so this is how you're supposed to do it. And then we are going through a competency model. People think they're doing it right. But when they're not, how do we fix it? So showing the faults and things like that, that's going to be another project we have coming out. Uh, but, I mean, dude, we're here to empower you and empower your performance. And uh, that's, a, that's, the, that's the oath, battle the bullshit and power performance. So and I mean, doing whatever it takes. We're also doing this on the forums. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions about anything from warm-ups to even we got a guy that posts uh, his high school students sprinting, mm -hmm. and we just break them down for that on the forums the coach's corner and then fix my lifts. So that's another opportunity to really get your gut in check. And I mean, we got a whole rack of team of coaches that are on there. All right, next, <clears throat> next. Uh, let's just grab this one here. What cardio do you recommend for weight loss? Currently following West side powerlifting program, but still have 15 pounds to lose. Dial in your nutrition and train like a savage. It's that simple. So, yeah. I mean, uh, tempo runs are a great sure. opportunity. And twist bend, all of our med ball shit that we got, that's a great one. Move through all planes of motion and prevent injury because you're actually opening up those hips from, you know, staying, only Sag staying in the sagittal plane puts you in a position for injury. doesn't matter how well, good shape you are or strong you are once mm -hmm. you get hurt. So. Uh, just twist, bend, go through, I guess, our warm-up catalog. If I don't know your warm-up protocols that you're following right now, but, I mean, three, four, five rounds of those, mm -hmm. they get you chilly out. That's right. I mean, long and short of it, you know, food quality being paramount, we just need to match up energy out versus energy in and then back it down a bit or turn up the energy out a bit. You know, it's it's there's got to be uh, more work than you are consuming. So, um, honestly, like tech said, if your goal is to be a good power lifter, do like fucking something metabolically demanding, but also at maximal intensities, right? So, so pairing a tempo run with sprints is going to increase your neurological efficiency, which would, uh, I guess, increase your potential for power development in your, the sim most simple fundamental primal movement, the squat, right? Yeah. So med ball work and sprints would be a great way to do it. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. We got a Jack street question here when working through Jack street and it is programmed as go heavy. <laughs> should the goal be getting all the, all of the reps done without stopping at a heavy weight or picking a weight light enough to do all of the movements without stopping. 
For example, on the current BFR training, the 40, 30, 10, <laughs> two reps of bicep curls, should I drop the weight to get 40 without stopping? Or pick a weight that I will have to set the bar plate weights down for a few seconds in between reps. So for the BFR stuff, you want to be able to go, you want to go on broken. Blood flow restriction. Yeah, the blood flow restriction stuff or the occlusion stuff that we have in Jack Street uh, is not, it, it's, it's not about the weight. It's about the reps and about failing, failing around that rep range. Uh, so you don't, you want to be able to get your 40 reps, but you shouldn't be able to get 50. That Does that make sense, Tex? And then that's going to cascade down to, <laughs> once you hit 30, things get real. And then 20 and 10, you're about to barf. But now let's say you see something that says go heavy um, on like a dumbbell row. <sighs> Isn't that just John for don't be a pussy? It's just fucking, it's go to failure and do more than yesterday. Like, don't be afraid to like go grab a dumbbell, put it on the ground. And don't use it and grab the dumbbell after that. Does that make sense? So like I typically go for like 85, so I'd probably do 150s. Tex is still on the, you know, the the cupcakes on the bottom rack, the 40s and Those 50s. Those center mass bells, not cupcakes. Whatever. 40, 50 pounds. That's what he's doing. He's getting two or three bent over rows. And then I'm fucking rowing basically a Volkswagen over here. Like they actually, it's like a Godzilla row, they call it. Um, no, so go heavy on that stuff. I mean, dude, here's the thing. Like... I'm like a bent over row or any, any accessory work. You call it anywhere from like eight to 10, 10 to 15 reps, but just go fucking heavy, like grab a weight that you're going to do and then do a heavier version. Try that and see what happens. And that should be a common theme over the life cycle of your training. Not necessarily like, Oh, week one, I just did fucking 15 rows at with an 80 pound dumbbell. Now I'm going to go to a hundred pound dumbbell and get 15 rows. And then the next week after that, I'm going to go to one fifties and get 15. It doesn't go that fast. That's not how it works, but fuck who gives maybe strap up and try and crank on that one fifty one one day. See what it feels like to be a big boy. Get the gorilla biscuits text. Maybe you should think about that. Did I answer the question? Yeah. So for the BFR stuff though, the way phys the, the physiology behind that, get the reps like, and then like, if you can start to think about doing more than yesterday over a couple of weeks, but like, it's about the reps and scene text. What do we have for our next question? Mr. Felton asks for in season D one rugby player, pre-med science major grindstone, or as much of field strong as I can attempt. Hmm. You're local. Oh, you talking? Well, I just clicked on his thing. He seems to be going to a local university. Um, uh, keep your eyes peeled for an in-season program that'll solve that problem over the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you don't want to go for the in-season program and you do want to hack, quote unquote, um, either Grindstone or Field Strong, both approaches honestly work. I, I'd liken it to the the LEO deal. You know what I mean, Tex? And I'd even say if you're going to hit Grindstone, grab the sprints. And and just skip the volume, right? And the special for in season, skip the volume and special endurance. Hit your intensity days? Question mark. I'm asking you. How many games do you play in a week? In season? Is this like are you on scholarship rugby? Is this club club rugby where the season lasts eight months and you play a game maybe once a month? I don't know. So it all depends on game day. After game day, uh, don't be tempted to take that day off. Hit your hit training hard, um, and then uh, 
I'd say the just mandatory grindstone, but then you got to hit all of our planes of motion, all of our warm ups that we prescribe with field strong. And then your off season, 100% field strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And let's go back to the day after. Like, so we <laughs> remember talking with Maddie up in, yeah. in, in Germany and he's like, fuck off. I'm not fucking after a rugby match. Like, listen, go as hard as you can the day after your game. But what could that potentially look like, Tex? Rep maxes. Yeah. Your person. The bar. Yeah. That's a rep max. Yeah, exactly. And move, get nice and warm, get the blood flowing, and just move what the bar fast, right? As best you can. Because, listen, you might show up looking like shit run over twice because you had a fucking match of your life the night before. But it's a great opportunity to minimize the detraining effects from the high levels of competition of in-season fucking uh, matches, right? Yeah, so, and then prolong the performance traits that you gained all off season through the length of a season. Cool, do it. All right, here is our MR question: What are your thoughts on improving strength and power for a weight restricted mm-hmm. athlete? Mm-hmm. Being in the Marine Corps, I have a weight, height, and body fat limitations. I'm currently five ten, two hundred pounds. I am overweight by Marine Corps standards, as I should weigh under 191. My saving grace is that I keep my body fat percentage under 18%. Marine Corps measure body fat by using tape method, neck and wrist. My current squat waist. max waist. Sorry, my current squat max is 410. But anytime I start working to get over this, my trunk thickens. And I extend my body fat requirement. Exceed. Exceed. Because mm-hmm. typically, when you start squatting that much, you smash pizzas. Like, that's just how it fucking works, bro. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe he has a crock pot. Like, I remember when we were doing the Bulgarian deal, and we had crock pots going fucking 24-7, and all of a sudden, everybody put on, like, 10% fucking mass. Um, crock pot pizzas. Yeah. You've never crocked pot a pizza, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So here's how you got to do it. So you need to be able to get it on the crock pot pizza timer. So oh, first thing you so need to do. we're not answering the question. We're just crock pot pizzas. Yeah, this is real quick. So first thing you need to do to make sure you got the crock pot timer working, you take your phone, you open up the timer app. And to make sure it understands crock pot time, you have to put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. The phone or the pizza? The phone. Okay. This works only for your phone though, Tex. So I want you to try this. <laughs> And after that 30 seconds, you call me on that same phone. But I have And I'll tell phone. you the rest of the story. You've got four phones. <laughs> in my pocket now. That's not my other four phones at home. All right. So, go. I know you're dying to get into this. So, hit it. Well, I want to see what you have to say. And then I'll. Well, my answer is the right answer. So, here's the deal. Is like, absolutely stay strong and powerful. But at the end of the day, if there are superficial, I guess, um, requirements that you need to fulfill. To, in order for you to do your job, then unfortunately that may rob you from your your uh, your current dream of squatting 500 pounds, let's say. But um, this is where for a weight, I mean, you can get away with this a couple of different ways. I think you could also increase your maximal strength and power using like compensatory acceleration model and biasing speed at submaximal loads, right? So if you don't know what compensatory acceleration is, uh, I mean, where do we put, we have an article on it in Power Athlete HQ. Multiple. Uh, Multiple. Just search cat shit. Um, (laughs) 
should come up. Yep. Cat shit. Uh, compensatory acceleration training. Cat shit. Literally shit word. The word shit as well. Ooh. Will help the search results. Um, that's a, not a joke though. <laughs> and then, uh, and dude, I mean, going back to sprints, it's the most, I think, underutilized tool to increase neurological efficiency, which would contribute to improved strength and power, right? So we're all lifting weights. We're all cultivating mass through lifting weights, but we are not fucking deploying that mass to be how we would like it to be functional. We being the power athlete demigods, which is fucking like, uh, you know, high octane speed power, right? Uh, Reactiveness. So this also, I guess you could throw in your MR stuff too here, Tex. This is probably what you were talking about. Uh, And both of these things are not necessarily about, okay, theoretically not about inducing a large amount of hypertrophy, right? It's about being as efficient with the, the musculature that you have, right? So you're exposing and attacking central nervous system efficiency through this style of training. Dominant. Creating more neurological pathways for all of our primal movements. Mm. So the squat, the lunge, the step up, especially our vertical poles. And then I love to do a little minorescent peck fly. Mm-hmm. So that's where you would lay flat on the bench with your hands up like a dead bug. So palms facing one another, thumbs up position so you can give yourself a high five. And then you would have a partner then place their hands just inside your wrists and you're fighting like hell to maintain that that high five position, that up of the fly. Now the partner is as if elevator doors were closing and they put their hands in there and they're trying like Terminator two to rip open the elevator doors. Okay. If you haven't seen Terminator two, here's the best way to see it. Uh, Put your, open up your palm and put it about six inches from your face and then smash yourself in the face because you should have seen it by now. It's 2016. Go see T2 and then you'll understand manual resistance. Did that help, Tex? Sure. <laughs> um, we're, we're worried. All right, so fight to maintain your fly position. Your coach, your buddy, your partner, whoever it is, is then Teacher. pulling it down. He will win. But you're fighting like hell. Keep your elbows straight. And as soon as you're done with four total reps of um, the manual resistance, find some explosive dynamic push. So lay down, do clapping push-ups. Uh, a freaking med ball push, whatever you got to do, it's going to be dynamic. It's got to be fast, got to be explosive. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going to increase your power. So this won't put on the mask because we're not causing enough damage to cause a a structural adaptation, right? Hypertrophy, but it's going to be enough to really um, tap in and then use what motor units you have already that you're not taking advantage of. This Mm -hmm. is almost like a, a, a poor man's EMS. Yeah. The beauty of it. Yeah. Right. So those of you with high school teams freaking hit this and you don't have to buy a whole um, bunch of EMSs for your teams. Other options guys, uh, Luke already mentioned the speed training. So that's that, that total body conditioning for the, the musculature that you do have. So that's going to increase your power and your strength just by going out in the sprint and you're not gaining weight because we're not causing that structural adaptation, uh, the overload, just overloading your, coordination your chance i want to just say the chances are very slim that you will be gaining weight because there's always a possibility we could induce hypertrophy with this stuff right if we're comboing it with i just don't want some fucking like you know if you sprint with fives you're going to gain some weight 
but anyways, so what I'm getting at is like never say never because there's probably some internet fucking bio troll out there that's gonna could like totally bash us and be like, huh, no structural adaptation to sprinting. You know, I'm just hey man, I'm protecting you, I'm insulating you. I don't want you to get in a battle with this guy. Okay. Um, where was I? Oh, I don't know. Sticking with overload now, you were weight training. So then what we would have you do is load up on some the the Y and Z axis. So we can't go as heavy, so you won't cause as much change. So as tempted as are as you want to hit heavy one yeah, time squat, right. we're gonna find different ways to overload. So we can't we're not gonna hit four ten on our lunges. So we're not gonna fight, we're not gonna really get that big trunk and waist, you know, that you get from the crock pot pizzas. <laughs> you put a barbell on your back and try to step up like our step up video and execute that properly, your your weight is gonna go a hell of a lot down, so you're not putting all that weight on your back, which then on your trunk. Mm -hmm. So that's a small adjustment you can make. It's going to mix up the primals that you're, you're hitting on your strength days to then not freaking put on and cultivate mass. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking of Mac, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, got it. So MR, uh, we need to put some stuff out on that. I know. I did. There's just only so many fucking hours in the day. Yeah. And there's a lot of puppy videos on YouTube to watch. So, <laughs> like, I just got to find the right ones, you know? So, let's, uh, this, this pairs well with our next question. Could you bend the power athlete concepts to give a golfer an advantage beyond just looking awesome in a polo shirt? See previous answer, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, follow, like, hit up, go if you're – if you're, I'm just going to assume that this guy, this particular guy or gal or person, huge ass, and, Great the, golf. <laughs> and the people who are relating to this person would benefit the most from bedrock. I mean, just like maybe have found training, have found it through either class style stuff or whatever, you know, or going to like the golf Institute and the shit that they do, which listen, those guys are smart with the golf and everything, but there is a layer of just grit work that you need to do to establish a base level of strength. And I just don't believe they've done it. No. So, and here, while you're on bedrock, don't stop playing golf. Yes. Because you will gain that, more mass, yeah. you will change as an athlete, which mm -hmm. then will change what your body knows to be your swing. So I have this battle all the freaking time with basketball coaches. They say that squatting will take away your jump shot. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. Wrong. <laughs> you need to continue to play basketball while we're lifting weights. So that way when you gain the mass that you're building in the weight room, you take it over to your shot and we create more potential so that way you can have your jump shot longer. Mm -hmm. It's not going to change it because you're going to give yourself the opportunity to connect your new self to your jump shot and go from there. The same is for your golf swing. The same is going to be for pitchers. We were just talking to our boy Austin about this, mm -hmm. how they don't have them lifting weights. Well, all right, that's going to change things. They're afraid it's going to change the mechanics, but if we're doing stuff in unison, you're good. Mm -hmm. And scene. So yeah. there you go, my man. Uh, just keep on keeping it on, keep on golfing, hit that bedrock, and uh, and establish that base level of strength, and then you know, spend 
spend 20, 30 weeks on that bad boy. And then uh, the next step would be field strong. Oh yeah. So twisty bendy. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Oli, Oli, when training children for field sports that have limited time, one sixty minute session per week, do you prioritize movement prep, i.e. warm up protocol, etc., and unloaded training like sprinting and jumping or weight room training? Does this vary depending on the sport, soccer versus football, and or on the age of the athlete? Seven. 15 or 18 plus. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at me? Yes. You want me to answer this one? Oh, no, I was answering the question. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that it varies on age and potentially on sport. This is a hard one because like one day a week, like there's, you got to warm up, you got to squat, you got to jump and run. Like that's, that's it. Right. So that would be your three, your three pronged attack. But I think a bit, a larger mission would be, okay. So these people can maybe only afford or reserve this time with you, the coach, like there's other opportunities outside of the gym. And if you can create a culture or a commitment for these guys to do something on their own for even 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whether it's the warm up protocols and movement prep, uh, I, I, that's, I, I would really try to just get some outside of the gym homework going that's, three days a week. Yeah. And that was going to be my answer. You're basically in your one hour teaching them how to do the homework for the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about all you can do. So that hour is going to be very valuable because you're educating them on how to move. And then they, you just have to give them more swings at the bat. Swings at the bat. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Swings with the bat, mm-hmm. more cracks at the whip. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> More swings with the whip. But uh, t- going with uh, the age range, uh, lifting is going to be more – what's the word I'm looking for? It's been a long day, bro. It's uh, been a long day. Uh, lifting is going to be more appropriate. I guess you're going to see better out of a, a, a sexually mature athlete, right? So that tends to be 15 to 18 is when guys are going through puberty. Um, so, you know, you, you'll get more out of – a proper like attempted progression, you know, of let's say a squat and press circuit or a squat and pull circuit or something like that. Um, if you, you alternate, you know, just trying to build honestly competency and uh, sneak in some progression and overload with weight training for the older athletes with the younger guys. I mean, it's going to depend on maturity and attention span, but at the end of the day, like tech said, you're teaching the homework, but then, you're tasked with making it fun and interesting. So they come back and maybe one day go two days a week. Is that what else you got there, Tex? Uh, it's not going to vary depending on sport. Not significantly. Even yeah. swim? Even swim. Uh, yeah, here's the difference. Uh, arm swing for all field court sport athletes. And then for swim, uh, we're basically going to do our best of our abilities to – really improve and challenge their streamlined position. And go If you're curious about that, go listen to Denny K's episode. We got fucking mm-hmm. deep into the swimming stuff with him. So just go to – how would you search that? Denny K. Search Denny K. Denny Power K, Athlete. Power Athlete Radio, and it would be within the last month or two. Dude, I have no clue. The lady at the vet today is like, uh, so when did – how many days ago – or tell me about what's wrong with your dog, right? Like, you fucking people care. We're kind of stalling while text looks 170. like 170. 170. And uh, 
I'm like, yeah, it was on Saturday. We took this dog for a walk. Sunday was a little swollen. And then, uh, you know, it's been getting progressively worse since then. She's like, oh, since yesterday? I'm like, wait a minute. It's fucking Monday today? Dude, feels like a Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, so don't worry, guys. The dog's okay. Uh, you know, just has, like, some sort of foreign object in the paw, and it swole up because he was licking. And uh, we thought he wasn't licking, but it turns out he was. I'm oh, okay. But anyways, enough about the little critter. Let's talk about strength and conditioning. So an old pal of mine is chiming in, and he asked a very simple question that we're going to over-explain. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Funny you should say that, Kojak. Want to know why? Because we just spent <laughs> four hours this morning <laughs> uh, going balls deep on it for, uh, for a little content creation for a super secret project that people's heads are going to fucking explode when that gets announced at the symposium. Uh, so Tex was talking about it. I wasn't really listening. A lot of dog videos to watch, no but basically here's what it has to go is the principle of reversibility, right? And it's the idea that uh, it's, it's a connotation that is oftentimes correlated to injury, right? People That's are like, it. Hey, if you're injured, you lose it. But guess what? Here's another fucking situation where you might lose your abilities is if you change focus and training, right? If you have a strength phase and then you go to a speed phase, is it possible, Tex, that if it's not correctly programmed that you could see a decline in total strength? Yes. And so, I mean, it also, go ahead. I mean, this is where we battled traditional kind of block periodization. And then those of you that have been following Field Strong, you've been doing exactly this for how many years we've been doing this? 2014? Two months? Three months? Fucking, I don't know. I think it's... <laughs> I have no clue, man. How about that? Two years. So basically, if you've been on Field Strong, you've been experiencing a true constructed or well-written strength conditioning program that is fighting reversibility throughout. Right. So it's, it's not completely getting injured and not being able to lift or life gets in the way and you can't go to the, uh, you can't go to the gym and then losing all your gains. It's changing cycles and phases throughout the, your life cycle as an athlete and then not really losing any gains or if it's a step or two. That objective that we mentioned earlier with uh, the rugby player, we don't want him to gain everything he's earned or worked so hard for during the offseason, during season. So you have to hit training lose. in season. You yeah. said gain on accident, but lose everything he's done in the offseason during in the season. I, I get yeah. it, bro. I, I'm relying on you to correct me too because we talked about it. The, the, level, the level of stress that competition imposes upon an athlete is one that we cannot replicate anywhere else except game day. And that, so stress is what we apply during training. Stress drives adaptation, but too much stress, right? Too much stress can, can sideline your athlete and affect their training to the point where reversibility takes place. So that's also the deterioration of performance traits in season. We're trying to minimize that as well. Yeah. And this is the beauty of bedrock and developing that base level strength, right? We were walking up a hill to develop uh, biomechanical efficiency, neuromuscular efficiency, tensile strength, and all these things that take time to produce. Mm -hmm. So reversibility works there as well because, all right, say we have to take that time off. Life programs a deload. Or we do get injured. As long as it took you to walk up that hill, your performance traits will reverse and decline in at that same rate. Roughly the same rate that it took you to gain them. So quick, right, quick, rotten. But if you are investing the time in developing quality movement patterns, tensile strength, 
then it's going to take a lot longer to decline. This doesn't apply to skills though, like your golf swing, right? So mm -hmm. riding a bike, that old, that old, um, for, I don't even know that phrase. What do we even call that? Parable? It's like riding a bike. That's not a parable. Parable is a story. Yeah. It's like, one line. Uh, so there was riding a bike. First time in 20 <laughs> years. Right. Skills are a little bit different. So uh, just physiological traits. That's what uh, reversibility applies to. So <laughs> Colin, think, taste it. That's an actual <laughs> genuine answer to your question. Do you think that he was expecting some bullshit like that or no? And not even, bullshit like falsehoods, but. No, he's just trying to guess. Yeah. What a fucking punk. Hack. Great chef, though. All right. He's, <laughs> he's the assistant chef for Power Athlete. Um, when was the Power Athlete metabolic conditioning circuit devised? And purpose being here, Sean Ploskini. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go back in time with Amelia Clark and join forces with her to stop it from happening. So the metabolic. Circuit, this is kind of a, a playoff Boyd Epley's way back in the day. Yeah. So when he first applied metabolic conditioning to the Nebraska football team and it saw some serious gains, uh, I mean, it freaking infected weight rooms across, across the freaking country. So it's not a new concept, metabolic conditioning. Uh, we just structured a little bit different than, than Boyd Epley. So if you look back onto it, he puts everything into lower. He puts everything into upper. And the way John structured it, it's, uh, it's going to be altering the two so we can get the most out of it. So we're taking advantage of the, the same metabolic demands, but we're giving you an opportunity to move more weight faster by kind of alternating uh, the push, the pull, the lower. So uh, go ahead and Google that. Check it out. There's great books and, uh, and plenty of uh, research associated on it. Our structure is just a little bit different than they, they use back in the Nebraska football heyday. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I was just seeing if there's any more in this little thing John sent me. But there's not. You just smashed it. Yeah. So, yeah, and Kyle Vanderbosch, I can see on the, uh, as mm -hmm. the example. So that, that freak defensive end, I think he, Tennessee Titans sometime. But, um, yeah, plenty of research on there. It's a, a great book. Uh, definitely got some base, uh, base principles all strength and conditioning coaches should be able to reference. All right, all right, all right. Um, this is a fun one, Luke. <laughs> all right. Some story associated here. Back in May, this is from Kevin D. Bryant. My boy built, and I attended a seminar in Virginia Beach. This was John and I. After watching Text Be a Straight Boss, <clears throat> we came up with the hashtag, what would text do for pretty much any tough decision in life that may present itself? Is there any way we can get Power Athlete HQ to support and get this hashtag trending? No. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Listen, I got what you guys see at the seminar out of text is a rehearsed. That's game day. Is rehearsed and practiced uh, uh, experience that has been fucking heat treated and, and like bulletproofed through the highest degrees of negative reinforcement <laughs> and drown proofing. So that is Texas game day. That is his like, that is him in his ruts because he's been pacing back and forth, just rising, putting the on the same show, whatever you, you want to call it. <laughs> but then you go into Texas decision-making skills outside of the <laughs> seminar. For example, Tex texted me, Tex texted me, or 
uh, maybe posted on Facebook, I think a month or so ago, with his what he thought was a fucking home run Halloween costume uh, of Jake Plummer. Well, it was until I went out for Halloween. But here's the thing. Texas more what I like to call Texas a, a linear thinker. Like not a nonlinear thinker sees three, four, five, six, seven points beyond the decision point he's putting forth today. So like understanding the consequences, the cascading effect, ripple effects, and and that's part of his initial planning phase. Okay. So he showed it to me. I'm like, oh yeah, it's funny because your hair and you kind of look like them. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's funny. It's funny. It's oversized. Ha. It's hat. It's oversized. Right? But unbeknownst to me, so Tex is a single guy, ladies, that's right, single man. If you'd like to get a hold of him, his number is 63. That's wrong. <laughs> uh, so he, and he's like, hey, man, I'm going to be in a, be in SoCal. We're doing a bunch of stuff for, for the Academy, and uh, I'm going up to, to Hollywood to hang out with my, my cousins, and let's go. We're going to have some fun and pick up some chicks. And then when I heard, I didn't say that, not in those but, words, but I can, that's your intention. It's like, Hey, maybe you meet a girl. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that text. I mean, you know, some people do match.com. Other people just go out into the wild and introduce themselves to people, which I would be my preferred approach, but I'm fucking got these chains. I'm tied down. I'm going nowhere. Okay. So when I hear that text has this costume, I'm like, what the fuck are you like? No one knows what the fuck a Jake Plummer is. And he tells me, proceeds to tell me how he had the hottest fucking costume with the bros. Because, <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. Let me lay it. So my cousin <laughs> is Ric Flair. Woo! Yeah. So he's got a white wig, the sunglasses, and basically like a bathrobe, fucking feathers. He's Nature a, Boy, baby. Nature Boy. And then said on his robe, the Nature Boy. Yeah. And then you got Jake Plummer. I grew an actual mustache. Mm-hmm. So You can do that, folks. Barely, but I mean, it's good. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. So, all right. So we just roll into the bar. I mean, we're having a good time. Just ordering some, some big boy sodas and we were the most popular costumes in the bar. I will say that it's but just with the wrong demographic the wrong crowd. Yeah. So we, I mean, we had guys coming up all night. It was, all night. It was one, two Ric Flair, like fuck. Um, so, I mean, we, we, I had a good time. I just didn't have as good a time as I would have initially planned you know in my mind so the the hashtag where, where is this one at text them oh what would text do it's not where, what would text do it's what should text do and the answer to what should text do is always consult john because if you're going up the north hollywood you obviously go as like a sexy cowboy you well, get and, some and like actual, really tight wranglers an actual plumber or an actual plumber yeah like but the the you got to show that chest hair off and you got to be able to like maybe wade through some of the alternative lifestyle guys out there to find the woman who's looking for that hairy fucking, uh, you know, for coat you're wearing. Well, I was just looking for the one Broncos thing. <laughs> Dude, trust me. The odds are much higher that you find like, oh, that's a cool plumber outfit than, oh, Jake Plummer from uh, 2004. Hilarious. I'm just telling you. So what should hilarious. the hashtag, my man, Kevin, is what should text do. And it will be followed by the hashtag consult John. Because John is not only a life coach and mentor, but uh, has experienced things that Tex and I can only dream of. So his level of advice has has survived the highest uh, of expectations, I guess, right? But I guess what he also had was the NFL on his side. And we are just, we get, we are the, the epitome of D3 All-Stars. Yeah. 
So there you go. That's your answer to that. Well, I bet if you heard that story, you just hit the fast forward 30 seconds button three times, and now we're back to actual talking. So thanks. What are we doing? All right. This is one uh, Justin Ziegler here asked, Jay-Z. with Johnny Watt taking full penetration on the internet, will there be a merch to go along with it? Is it uh, yeah. Okay, so let's do this one. Uh, short answer, yeah, you could probably see that coming. It's like too good not to do it. But uh, so interestingly enough, we got like, we had a dude totally hating on us, uh, just absolutely trolling the Johnny Watt info. Had no clue that Johnny Watt was like a uh, kind of a joke. You know, it's, it, we're mocking the, the eliteness, at, the elite culture surrounded by Watt and that there's only elite performance. And uh, John's taking it back to a day with the Johnny Watt where, hey, it's about going in and just fucking hurting yourself a little bit and showing up and trying to do more than yesterday and have some fun while we're fucking doing it. Anyways, so this guy fucking goes on to like try to smash us. And uh, John's finally like, hey, you realize this is like a fucking joke. And the guy's like, no, what, no? So anyways, it's just too good not to have a bunch of shit out there that says like, don't blow your wad or stupid shit like that that people are going to love. So answer is keep your eyes peeled. Probably see some of that. I don't know. If I had to guess four months, five months, we got a busy couple months ahead of us. So next questions for Jay-Z. Will there ever be another competition between Luke and Tech similar to that of our Deuce Gym? That experience happens every day. Tex and I are together. It's always happening. Tex is trying but to keep up. And I'm always the one smashing. time you win. The one time I win, Tex. I mean, there couldn't be a more predictable <laughs> outcome between you and me in any sort of competition. How I mean, about Max Phillips? Is this somebody actually asked this? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Max, what? Should we do it live? No. I, my, I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we'll probably do some shit. I mean, I don't know. We've had, we've had plenty of on-the-road footage, and it's just a matter of scrubbing it and getting it out there, man. There's some good shit uh, fucking of me smashing text and everything. But, and then finally, from Jay-Z. And last but not least, will there be a series on med ball training in the power athlete educational material absolutely because just kind of peeking in and observing uh athletes on the road at these seminars execute these movements it is needed yeah we're doing it all wrong so uh just getting back to the basics maybe learning how to do stuff and can be uh, especially these planes of motion that require i guess you got to move through all planes of motion. Guys, it's been a long day. It's like, <laughs> it's like 10 o'clock. Um, med ball work forces you to move through all planes of motion and separate your shoulders from your hips. So we're adding kind of med ball work in the lunge position. We're adding med ball work into uh, kind of a, a pel- um, step up position, iliac crest tilt, and uh, just kind of mastering the squat because we're seeing a lot of hips move with the shoulders for that med ball work when we kind of want to focus on separating uh, shoulders from those hips for most of them. So the answer, yeah. Yes to all of those. Yeah. Oh, the next question is the pull up one. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing about this trick pull up contest. Uh, yeah, probably for reps, but I, I just had, cause here's the thing, man, you know me, I'm like a, I'm a fast twitch guy, man. I'm fast twitch. So you get me on like a weighted pull up though. I think I got you. On weighted pull-ups. And next, next question. Yeah, push-ups. Um, 
Was it push-ups? There's push-ups on that too. Who would win a push-up competition? <laughs> don't, you, don't you pigeon chest it? What the fuck is <laughs> that supposed to mean, bro? It's not. I'm not. I know for sure. I don't got a sunken chest like you that I can eat a bowl of soup out of. <laughs> That's your buddy. That's not me. That's a one-man thrill ride. Uh, Tex would probably win in push-ups too, but I'll tell you why. Because I get a fast twitch, bro. You would win in bamboo bar. Yeah, for sure. I'm big bencher. Big bencher. All right. (laughs) We're losing it. But that's all right. We're going to barrel through this. Because Tex and I, we persevere. Uh, I kind of like this one. And our mind is not right, so it's kind of perfect. How would you supplement grindstone to train for a tough mutter that is eight months away i'm looking for training strategies as well as game day strategies for mind fucking competitors and crushing their souls and running circles around them or something like that okay uh on optional days you just got to hit distance stuff i mean hit some distance stuff (laughs) tough mutter so this is sprint obstacle sprint obstacle sprint obstacle yeah, but this it's like 800 and fucking one-mile runs between, isn't it? It's for a tough motor? I don't dude. Are you sure? I've never actually done one. <laughs> but I'm told they're amazing. I mean, I see. All right, so here's what I would do. Like, find whatever distances are between these things, and you're going to have to run those things. And then just do some fucking crazy – Like, they're going to make you do burpees every time you fail, so you better be good at burpees. Or accurate with your spear. Yeah. Do that? You don't throw spears in tough motors? It's Spartan race. It's yeah. all the same. So, and then you're going to have to learn how to climb a rope wall. So do some like rope pull-ups uh, or climb a rope. You're going to have to learn how to jump over stuff. So yeah, go like fucking, six foot walls. Yeah, That's go to, part of it. Yeah, go find a fence and jump over it. I mean, I don't know. When I did it, I just hurdled it. But what are you going to do, right? So, no, but do that on your optional days. Uh, and maybe one recommended day. But hit your mandatory days as is. Smash it, right? Uh, in terms of... Your your mental side of things, I don't know. That's text. Text is the one who needs like. Are you competing with friends? <laughs> Are you competing just solo? You're entering the race, and it's gonna be a bunch of strangers around there. So, kind of, I guess, identify who's doing this. I mean, if if at the starting line, you're standing next to like somebody's mother, you know, <laughs> an older woman who's just in it for fun and family and fitness. You spit in her face. Can <laughs> no. you tell her fucking get her mind right because you're about to run all over her ass, grandma? <laughs> Then you see the same tag? You're you my house think now. about the reverberation because then she's going to associate fitness with that asshole. Yeah. And then she's never going to be fit. Not just any asshole, but my man JMS430. <laughs> <laughs> or my gal. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, you got to set your goal, set your time. So I'm sure that this city, whoever, wherever you are, has hosted a Tough Mudder before. And then you can check out the record times with that. So then you establish your goal and then work your way backwards. What do you have to do? If there's a freaking uh, – and then in between each obstacle or at each obstacle, just pick one one person in front of you. If it's a different starting time, fuck it. They, they started right next to you, and then they're beating you there. So just continue that kind of uh, repeat motivation. Each sprint, pick somebody, pick a target, and get to them. Beat them to the next start. As soon as you do beat them, the next one, see somebody that's that's halfway through or uh, see them kind of crushing an, mm-hmm. a, a skill or uh, event, then go after them. So that consistent motivation, that's going to be a hell of a lot easier than like getting motivated for running a marathon. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So that, that sprint's going to add a lot of juice and to the flow. Uh, I don't know if you're a music guy, 
or just like a one song get hyped up and then let the freaking juices take over. Yeah. I'm more that guy because you can't have music when you're playing a game. Uh, so I don't know. Either uh, just find a music or song that flips the switch. We did talk about this with mm. the Dana Santis podcast. Um, or just uh, ooh, try it, dude. Go watch that. Or if you haven't yet, maybe this guy will try that fucking meditation thing, dude. I walked. Up, I woke up from that meditation and could have been a nurturing person or a fucking serial killer. If someone could have just implanted in my mind what to be, I would have been that. So get your fucking mind right. Now, if you are, because, dude, if you're going to, here's the thing. If you're going to be running a, a Tough mutter, get one of those, and you're a music guy, just fucking put music in the whole time. Get one of those waterproof cases for your phone. Skull Candy has some waterproof headphones they just launched or some shit. I don't know. I'm on the, their newsletter. I was like, oh, that's smart. And uh, let it rage. Who cares? Put on Slipknot, Duality, on repeat. Go. Anyways. And spit in that grandma's face. I'm serious. <laughs> no. no. Uh, so, got it. We answered programming and kind of mental uh, mental approach. All right. Heard you say, this is from CO Daniel 76, heard John say numerous times to treat the deadlift like a pretty girl. Oh, the, yeah, this one. At the bar and ignore her. In sport like strongman, where deadlift variation is in almost every contest, would you change that thought? If so, how would you go about programming it? Uh, I'll give my spiel on it. On like the deadlift. So when we're talking about like the deadlift, it doesn't mean pulling. Like we still want you to pull, okay? But there are different types of pulls, even though some are strikingly similar to a deadlift or uh, the capital T H E capital D. E-A-D-L-I-F-T, all right? That is the day when you fucking, like, you're going to black out, you're pulling so hard and so fast and it's going so heavy, and it, maybe it takes 22 seconds. Hey, listen, that happens to people, okay? That's the deadlift, okay? But doing, like, deficit pulls, doing speed pulls, uh, doing rack pulls, doing RDLs, like, you still need to do that stuff to keep the pulling up. Now, talking specifically about uh, within the discipline of strongman, I mean, you need to have some conjugate system on pulling, like switch up the stimulus slightly. And this is, okay, full disclaimer, you've established a base level of strength. This is my assumption, okay? So you've gone through a linear progression, you've gone through the bedrock, and you've established your baseline, right? This is when you can start to get jiggy with that stuff. If you mistime the application of these tools, you like how I said that, text? It's like I invented it. If you mistime the application of those tools, aka DAWs, right, you are setting yourself up, you're not putting yourself in a position for long-term success. And I know it's like, oh, but Strongman's so fucking hot right now and I want to do it this year. Listen, dude, heavy stones will be around next year. So will the Husabelt stones and like the tire deadlifts and stuff. Like take the time, build a base level of strength and then start getting jiggy with like a conjugate pulling system and your fucking fieldwork Strongman stuff. How exactly would I program it? I don't know. I just do whatever Logan told me to do. Skillwork Saturdays. Yeah. So... I don't know. Did you want to jump in on that? No, nailed it. Tensile strength. Oh yeah, because that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. That if you take the time to just consistently attack it with a program like Bedrock, I'm not sure if there's any other ones out there like that. You are setting yourself up for long term success. Everybody wants this shit now. Listen, I love Google. I Google things all the time. I don't even know anything anymore because I Google it. 
Okay. But, and I mean, this instant go. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're on Instagram a lot with the, the social media king of the world, Logan <laughs> at functional coach. And yeah. It, it look really easy, but it's not. So here's what you don't see are his, you know, Instagram that he doesn't post. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's pays for his followers. I'm sorry. <laughs> but where was I going? I Just Google. Know. We're in instant gratification mode. But the unfortunate thing is the best way to set yourself up for long-term success and the proverbial gains with a Z is to take the time to do it right out of the gate. Right? Yeah. And that is, we were actually having this conversation with John. Most people literally. want to skip to step four from step one. And then whether it's ego being a factor or a number of different things, mm -hmm. but what do they have to do after they fail so many times? They go back to square fucking one, man. Mm -hmm. So barreling forward, barreling forward. This is the only question that we actually prepared for. And I forgot what I said, but <laughs> if you could wipe a common trendy exercise off the face of the world, the earth, what would it be and why? So, Let's, I mean, let's go through kind of the talk we had when we were talking about this. Is like my initial response is the air squat. And here's why, okay? But I'm not sticking with this. Like I've gotten, I got no qualms with the air squat, but like why not just do a weighted squat? You know? I don't okay. Know. I don't know actually. But here's the thing. I would understand if you're in, like let's say you go on fucking vacation, you're in a, you're, you got, you took a vacation in the, in the desert and there's literally nothing to lift. Any, any, sounds off. Right. And you're like, well, I got to get my primal X in. Well, I guess you're going to do some air squats. Like I get it, but why not squat a log if you're in a forest or maybe you're a significant other, you literally buddy carry them and squat them. Like there's nothing better than putting weight on your back, sitting down and standing up. I get that. Like the air squat can get your heart rate up, but I'd rather see a burpee. Multiple planes of movement, multiple primal movement patterns. It includes the primal X. Why don't you just use that to get your heart rate up? But I don't think I landed on the air squat. There was something else I wanted to rat fuck. <laughs> Do you remember what your answer was? Uh, mine oh, was, I know what mine is. Yeah, go on. Mine is this, this dead bug I see going around, all right? And it's not the power athlete dead bug. And, I mean, this is not a sexy answer, but it still pisses me off. It's a dead bug in which the head is lifted off the floor. So you're, you've already lost posture. And then they pick their tailbone off the ground and then there's a bend in the knee. So we see these people kind of like looking like a squirming actual bug that's still alive. And I, I don't see the purpose. There was one uh, Instagram video somebody tagged me in and they said like uh, anterior trunk strength. So right? Yeah. Your abs. Well, we can get the purpose that this person was trying to accomplish, but also put them in a position to fix an anterior pelvic tilt, mm -hmm. which is affects speed. It affects your strength. It affects your ability posture, to really move. Spinal health. Yeah. And then up top, that's that, that crunching over that, uh, that they are doing in the uh, oh, that one. I remember that applied one. dead bug that then carries over to speed. And then we see this all the damn time at our seminar when we're teaching speed is people, they tuck forward, they tuck their chin, but speed is a product of posture. We need you to stay, stay as tall as possible and fall forward in that long spine. So this variation of the dead bug, it's given our dead bug a bag of name mm -hmm. because again, people, when we say those words, they have already their interpretation of our movement in their mind, but they're wrong. 
So they're not paying attention to the details that we are investing in this movement in. And that's really, that's, that's the one, I don't know if it's popular or not. I'm yeah. And I was going to say, is it common and trendy? Well, when people are tagging me in it. Oh, so you are, your fucking, you being tagged in something is the, the barometer for trendiness. Yeah. Then dog videos are hot, dude, because I tag you in dog videos all the <laughs> time. <laughs> Uh, but here was my final answer, and I think you'll agree with me on this, and perhaps even abandon your dead I'll probably boat. just try to argue, even though I agree with you, just because. It's this thing called yogging. So it's where you uh, replicate the pattern of sprinting, but you do it real slow. This is soft, Jay. This is social, like a social thing? Yeah, social yogging. It's a common and trendy thing to do these days. Uh, you, but in order to do it, you got to go Lululemon. Get some yoga pants. Well, I'm already in. Put on some Asics, okay? Well, and you get one of those those hats. You know what the hats I'm talking about? They're like really small. Like Nike, really small. I don't know who makes Maybe it. Maybe a visor. Maybe even a visor that doesn't snap. It's like like a plastic visor that just slides over your head. And uh, some sunglasses, probably Ray-Bans. And you just yawk. I think I'd get ready of yogging. Because what if everyone just fucking ran as fast as possible or did some like tempo recovery stuff? That was the only thing they did. Like, no one invented the yog or the, the slow run. What would, what would the world be like? It's too deep for Fast. You. No, I, I was thinking about it. But, I mean, do you know the history? Did you read Born to Run? No, I, but we, I listened to the podcast that we had on my <laughs> I mean, they were running. They were sprinting yes. for, with a purpose, not just freaking pounding pavement. I would get rid of pounding pavement and but why do people yuck if it's for social things go awesome go for it but if i'm a fighter mm -hmm. and i'm gonna go log yog miles we need to get rid of that yeah there's better ways to spend the time that are going to contribute to your overall success yeah, so i don't know i think those are good ones and like before anyone maybe like i get in trouble from anybody with the air squat like go ahead and do it i just i don't like it I'm not saying it doesn't work, okay? I'm not saying that the introduction of the air squat into the mass CrossFit culture hasn't been a springboard for a group of people that has truly turned around their lifestyles. Like, I get it. I understand it. But, like, once you learn it, just move on. Or challenge it. Challenge it. Challenge it, Tags. Tell them. Yeah. Well, Tell them. We get a number of principles that you should adhere to to mm -hmm. really progress and the number one that we lead off with, I guess, in all of our articles on biomechanic, uh, bio, biological loss, <laughs> I'm struggling team. Um, it's one of the most important principles, and we apply it in all of our training programs, and that should tell you something. That's overload. Yes, you got to stress to progress. Yes. Okay, let's barrel forward. Okay. That's a good one. I kind of like that, that one. I feel like my question, my answer is solid. Uh, we got called out here on another one. Okay. Sean uh, here asks us when we will, you and I, race him and his buddy. Oh, come on. In a relay style beer mile. Beer mile. Uh, that might. Okay, so how would it go? Would it be. Naturally, I'm the closer. No, no, so no. I'll no, finish. No. I think. Lap four. What do you mean? Lap four. Well, I think we're doing this with your chugging ability. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Combine it with my speed. I need you to do some quick math here, bro. We each leg is fifty meters. What do you a beer mile? No, yeah. it's a lap. It's four hundred. No, not my beer mile. Fifty meters, bro. 
Every 50 <laughs> meters, you stop and chug a beer. <laughs> 50 meters are in a mile. <laughs> Do the math, man. You're the math guy. So it would obviously be 32. <laughs> and then I don't get it. Do we both chug a beer after 50 meters? It's 1,600 divided by 50. 1,600 divided, I, I typed in divided by. Yeah, it would still work in 15. Google. They, they've prepared for that. They asked me for spell correct. Uh, 32. 32 beers. Each? That's the thing. That's, that's where we are. a case race. So, we don't but, need to sprint in that. But that's the thing, Tex. Like, do we alternate beers? Because if it's 16 beers, that could, be, that could constitute binge drinking. But not 32. That's just well beyond. (laughs) So I don't know, man. Line it up. I'd be down for that, and I don't think it would end well. But uh, I'm always up for a challenge. Why don't you come out to the symposium, and we'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, Good one. I would never do that. Well, I should never say never, but I'm down. Where are we at next, Dex? Only a couple more here. Oh, sad. What are some telltale signs for poor hammy glute activation, and what – is a simple, quick warm-up to ensure they get used. Who the fuck did you call to ask this question for you? Well, nobody, because they're asking for a simple and quick warm-up. Yeah. We spent the whole previous hour and a half, I don't know how long this is, talking about developing movement patterns Uh and then just kind of investing in step one to step two to step three and, you know. Just say seesaw walk. I don't. I didn't want to say seesaw walk. They asked me for a simple and quick one. I've got a simple and quick one. Okay, I'll let you lead off though. Some telltale. Okay, so how about this? So here's what where I would go is if you if your glutes and hamstrings don't get sore from hinging and squatting and pulling, that would be a telltale sign that you are have a deficiency in recruitment. Right uh, now, the nerdy stuff I've learned from techs over the years, a good way is like a leg cradle. If you have a hard time balancing on one foot, uh, you tend to have anterior dominance. And uh, you, if you always are hobbling around, and this may maybe not like the first time, but after, try it. Try it. Yeah, after Standing a few right reps, now. you should be able to fucking feel like you're sitting in, like using your hamstring to to keep your tib fid from rotating, and you're pushing your big toe into the ground to maintain your balance. Like it's just that simple. So once you figure that out, you should feel some. You should just. It should feel like you're using your posterior chain. That's all. I don't know how to else yeah. put it. Good note. I was going to go somewhere else, but while we're on the topic, that's the first thing I do when I walk into a weight room I've never been in before. I ask all the athletes to just give me a leg cradle. So that's where you take your knee, you pull your knee into your, say it's my right knee, pull my right knee into my right armpit, then take my left hand on my right foot, and then just give my lower leg a big old hug. How many athletes cannot balance? How many athletes cannot activate their glute or their hamstring on the down long leg mm-hmm. to control themselves? Are they so anterior dominant they're just shifting to their quad or that knee's buckling in? That's an easy, um, risk-free assessment yeah, tell, tell. To, um, to identify what's going on with your athletes. Um, what I was going to suggest, the next thing we would do is lay down on the ground, uh, press the back of our necks into the ground, Take our palms by our side, um, oh, okay. thumb down, and then walk your heels to your butt. And we want to maintain our heels in line with our hips here, and then make sure that our knees track in line with our heels. So no driving your knees out or anything here, and you're just going to press and pick your butt up off the ground. 
are you anteriorly tilting here? Can you maintain a kind of dead bug, a flat position? And then the challenge there, so we get an opportunity to activate right and left glute, right and left hamstring at the same time. Now what we're gonna do is pick one heel up off the ground. So keep the knees in line with one another and almost push that heel away from you, not like tall like a it's dead bug. It's just a knee extension. Knee extension, yeah. We're keeping that, the hip, the hip and femur muted on that leg that you're extending the knee up. Yeah, so like a straight line from the heel to the head, yep. not heel facing the sky like a dead bug. Yeah, I think they dorsiflexion right. position. Uh, yeah, and then we're looking for any shift, right? Rotation, shift, any deviation from their hip position with both heels on the ground. Mm -hmm. So it's relying on their hamstring and glute. Are they quitting? Are they favoring? Are they driving their knees out? Are they trying their damnedest to activate their glutes? Externally rotating. Externally rotating. The outside foot. Are they switching the plantar flexion? All this shit. Any deviation from kind of that solid setup position is going to tell you everything you need to know. And guess what? These are not only the assessments. They're the salute. They're uh, correct. They're the corrective exercise. They're what also do we the typically corrective exercise? Is that how we say it? Yeah. So that's where doesn't sound right. That's why all of our warm up and shit like that's uh, superior. Yeah. Yeah. Warm up is diagnostics. And so it's like, it's not only the, it's not only the corrective, it's the fix. That's what we got. Yeah. Right. It Except, you know, when we're in the zone on game day, it just sounds more uh, elegant. Elegant. Um, elegant, you know? <laughs> uh, sorry, people. Listen, it's good information, though. Don't be confused by the shoddy packaging. It might be coming in a brown bag and sound like verbal vomit, but the information is good, okay? Just give us a break here. Go ahead, Tex. What do we got next? Any recommendations for modifying field strong oh. toward prepping for a power lifting meet? Um, I mean, let's watch this guy lift. Hang on. Okay. Uh, uh, everyone else can kind of watch along with us. If you are not driving, go ahead and pop on your mobiles and search the Sean Jacobs. He's not private, so go ahead and um, watch him lift here. Oh, he's doing nice. He's in chucks. That's good. Toes are pretty forward. Driving back. I mean, it's okay. I'm not mad at this guy. I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess 335 by the end. Dude, uh, I don't know. I don't know how long you've been doing this, but my guess would be it depends on how competitive you want to be in this this lift, uh, the powerlifting meet. But I, I guess I wouldn't change it at all. Approach. How long does he have? He doesn't tell us. Six weeks, weeks out. Don't change anything. You're too. You're. You got to dance with the one you brought, bro. Six weeks is just don't fucking don't change anything. Get after it. Uh, be smart. The a week approaching. Don't do anything that's going to potentially detract from your performance. And I would say just get your mind right. Be courageous. Enjoy the fucking. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, arousal. The aroused state that you. If this is your first one, like, dude, it's going to be awesome to get under a barbell and fucking just smash some weights. And then, Tex has something to say. Yeah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to film all of your competition lifts from the front and the side. Get two girlfriends, tell them to show up. Don't tell them about each other. Get them to show up. Ask one to <laughs> film from the side. And then one head on. All right? Because this competition load, as Luke said, will be greater than anything that you can replicate in your training. You got the hype going. That's where you're going to see 
all of your limiting factors appear because of this extreme overload. So if you're filming from the front of the side, go ahead and send us those lifts, and then you know what we're able to do? Let's give you a formal assessment at a maximal load that will then tell you what your deficiencies are that you can start to build a strength and conditioning program around it or supplement your field shop. Mm -hmm. This will probably be ankles, could be hamstring, could be a lot of the stuff that we're already dealing with. So it's going to be not, uh, what, what words did he use? It's not modifying anything. It's working on your individual limiting factors that are preventing you from really exceeding further. So that's how I want you to approach this. You're not modifying anything. You're just individualizing your limiting factors to the program because John's already done the hard work for you. Mm -hmm. Don't overcomplicate this. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to, we can't pretend like field strong is the answer to being an elite power lifter. But I mean, if you're just trying to get strong, you know, and get a, a, be a good mover and get a solid base of movement, then following PA1 on field strong verbatim and smashing the workouts as they're programmed and crushing the warmups uh, with the specific execution guidelines written out or demonstrated in the video demos is, uh, is going to put you in the right place to be pretty fucking competitive. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, and post those, post your videos on the Field Strong feed. We'll get back to you. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to get his videos to load here. I think it's my internet. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. Um, all right. I mean, so I think we answered Harry was Woodshop. I'm clearly Schwarzenegger, and uh, DeVito is DeVito. Um, I think we got them all text, didn't we? I mean, this guy talked about the sports hernia. Go to a doctor. I think there's maybe a joke in there somewhere, or maybe it's serious, but – just go fucking go see a doc that you trust. I like Dr. Tom Inkladon. He let him get his hands all over here. <laughs> How do you check for a sports hernia? You call a buddy, you get a six pack of beer, you drink them, take your pants off and you ask your buddy if that looks normal. <laughs> and if it does, I think you're in. No, uh, we're going to have to check fucking WebMD on that. But uh, no, we got it, bro. We smashed it again. I guess that's, that's it. it. Signing off. Uh, thanks, guys, again for listening. Check out the symposium. Check out uh, what was the other thing we were talking about? The events. Uh, get get to a seminar. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool shit coming in 2017. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's all is going to be popped off during the seminar. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for Black Friday deals with apparel. Um, yeah, uh, all good stuff, man. Uh, Tex, hey, great talking to you, pal. Haven't seen you. Talk. It's not like we've been fucking working 18 hour days for the past 10 days, just slugging coffee and smashing rice and chicken. I've ate, I can't tell you how many burritos in the past <laughs> more than eight. Uh, but thanks guys for listening. As always, uh, this is the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. I am Luke. That is Tex. Tex, say I'm Tex. Wrong. That is Tex, and uh, that is it for Power Athlete Radio. Alrighty, guys. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. To learn about any of the programs discussed on this episode, including Field Strong, Grindstone, and Johnny Wad, head to www.powerathletehq.com. This year's Power Athlete Symposium is now open to the public for the first time. If you haven't heard of this annual Knowledge Fest, it's basically the most badass three days spent in SoCal. Rub elbows with fellow power athletes and soak up the wisdom from guest speakers like Rob Wolf, Andy Stumpf, Aaron Ausmus, and Brad Snyder. 
Of course, you can expect that the Power Athlete crew will also be leading the weekend with the latest and greatest out of HQ. Registration can be found at powerathletehq.com backslash symposium. And it closes on November 23rd. Hope to see you there. Until next time, bye!